We're so thankful for this time of worship. I just love praising Jesus. I watched that show, uh, The Chosen or Chosen. I don't know what it's called. It's, it's a movie, a show you can watch on YouTube about Jesus. And I hadn't seen it before and I was just in the second episode and I just cried and cried and cried because <laughs> I got to see Jesus in a setting that I hadn't imagined yet or thought of yet. And it, it was just delightful. So knowing Jesus is so incredible. And um, typically right now we take communion together, but today I'm gonna to be speaking about Jesus, the bread of life. And so it felt appropriate to take communion after the message when we've been talking about bread. So thank you so much, our worship team for leading us. And um, we're gonna go straight into the message today instead of um, the communion time. And save your emblems. If you're here, you have emblems underneath your seat that you can grab later to join us in communion. And if you're online, you can run to your kitchen right now and grab whatever you have so that you can enjoy communion with us today. I'm going to speak, I'm going to be reading from John 6 today, and it's a very long chap chapter, like 70 verses. So when I start reading from it, I'm, I'm taking snippets from it. So be prepared for that. I'm not going to read all 70 verses. And then I want to speak about signs, the work of belief, and feeding on Jesus. And that's when we will take communion. So you might get hungry today. We're gonna to be talking a lot about food. And I do hope you get hungry, <laughs> hungry. Um, I was looking up some statistics about hunger and food and you know, just kind of thinking about how God might wanna to speak to me this week. And I found all sorts of disturbing statistics like the average child under the age of 12 eats 49 pounds of sugar a year. <laughs> you know, and then I was like, okay, that's discouraging. That is not fun. That's not a fun way to talk about hunger. And so I found this other helpful advice, but you should fact check this because I did not fact check it. That's hard to say, fact check it. <laughs> so this is what I found. The Japanese eat very little fat and they suffer fewer heart attacks than Americans and the British. On the other hand, the French eat lots of fat and they also suffer fewer heart attacks than the British and the English or the Americans. <laughs> also, the Japanese drink very little wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the British and Americans, but Italians drink way more excessive amounts of red wine and they also suffer fewer heart attacks than the British and the Americans. The conclusion? eat and drink what you like. It's speaking English that kills you. <laughs> so there's some good health advice to get started. What are you hungry for? What do you thirst for? What could satisfy you? I've been asking myself this question. What would satisfy me, Lord? Let's get into John 6. Let me set the scene. The start of the chapter opens with Jesus and his disciples are near the Sea of Galilee. The annual Passover meal, 
and feast, where they're going to eat bread and remember the lamb that was slain and eat the lamb and all of that is coming up soon. Jesus is teaching and he feeds 5,000 people plus with bread. And he has 12 baskets left over. People are filled to the full with bread. When people see him do this miraculous sign, they exclaim, surely this is the prophet we have been expecting. And they're excited and they're clamoring around him. And when Jesus sees, but all of a sudden Jesus sees this crowd and he's like, this crowd is stirring up. They're, they're gonna force him to be king. So he slips away into the hillside by himself. So Jesus is off by himself up in the hillside. And that evening, disciples, his disciples get into a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee to go to Capernaum, the other side um, of, of the lake. And there's a storm. And all of a sudden, miraculously, Jesus appears to all the disciples and says, do not be afraid. I am here. Jesus is walking on the water and says, don't worry, I'm here with you. He steps into the boat and immediately, immediately the disciples are on the other side of the lake at Jesus's home away from home, Capernaum. The next day, the crowd realizes what's happened and there's a big kerfuffle about the boats. I'm like, there's gotta be some interesting message in here because there's like, these boats went here, these boats went there. And I think what I gathered from it is that the crowd realizes a miracle has just happened because the boats haven't come and gone in order. What's happening here? Where's Jesus? So they know something mysterious has happened. They get in the boats and head over to Capernaum. And when they see Jesus, they say, Jesus, Rabbi, how did you get here? And Jesus answers them and says, you've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you. I filled your stomachs and for free. Next, he says, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus tells them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Then they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness when they journeyed. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. Next, the crowd starts complaining. Isn't this Joseph's son? Don't we know his mom and his dad? Why are we listening to this guy? Verse 47, I tell you the truth, says Jesus. 
Remember, verily, verily, I say to you, most assuredly, I'm telling you, amen, listen up. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread from heaven will not die. Will live, anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Jesus keeps saying this over and over again, many different ways. Then the people begin arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus says again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. He keeps saying it over and over and over again. And I've cut out a bunch of verses for the sake of time. He says it over and over again. I am the bread of life. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then he says this, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus is teaching something hard and he's imploring the crowd to hear him and to believe. And yet this teaching is too hard. And at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. So we're gonna explore three thoughts, signs, the work of belief and feeding on Jesus. The first one, the crowd say, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, what can you do? Do you all remember <laughs> after March 12th when the COVID shutdown happened and then there was the earthquake the following Wednesday and it was like kind of for us, it was a big one. And there was just kind of this, everyone was a little bit on edge and there was this meme going around on the internet about the Loveland Aquarium. Have you guys all seen that big U2 stage thing? You're like, what is that thing? And they call it the claw from U2. And this meme, this is what this meme said. It said, all I know is that everything was fine until this thing showed up. <laughs> It was so funny. It was just like, that's right, I remember that. We're very aware of signs of the ominous, right? Remember Han Solo in Star Wars? And he's like, I got a bad feeling about this. You know, we're always looking for signs of good and signs of bad. The crowd following Jesus wanted more signs so they would believe. 
They'd had the feeding of the 5,000, miraculous transport across the lake. And for the disciples that were in the boats in the night, they saw Jesus walking on water. And Jesus is saying to them, signs don't work. I've given you bread. Remember back in the day, you had manna. I rescued you from Egypt. We're celebrating Passover to remember these miracles. And you don't believe. And Jesus is saying, I'm here. I am the sign. I am the bread of life. And yet they don't really want Jesus. They're not hungry for him. Jesus says, you haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. What you really want from me is for me to fill your stomachs, to give you food, to do something spectacular, to multiply the bread, to calm the storms, to be your new king, to overthrow the Romans. But no, I want you to spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. I think about this a lot because I love signs and wonders and I want to see signs and wonders happen in this place and in my life and in the life of my friends and the people I am praying for. I am asking God for miracles, freedom from cancer, freedom from life dominating issues, healing. I'm asking the Lord for these things. But I want us to be aware, I want to be aware of spending my energy or time seeking those things above relationship with Jesus. I don't wanna be like the crowds placing demands on Jesus. Mark 16 says, miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. In Acts 2, 22, Peter says that God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him. Later in Acts 14, 3, it says the Lord confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Signs and wonders accompany and follow and confirm the message of Jesus Christ. When we seek Jesus first and we proclaim his goodness and his faithfulness, the signs and wonders will follow. But other things happen too when we follow Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes seeking Jesus and life in Christ, remaining in him and him remaining in us, us eating him and him living inside us, means times of quiet and solitude. Sometimes it's empathy and mercy and listening. Sometimes it's rest and eating. Sometimes it's teaching and rejoicing. Sometimes it's pain and trials. And sometimes it's signs and wonders. Let's always remember to seek Jesus first. The second one, work. Jesus says to them in verse 29, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. To believe is to accept something as true, to entrust yourself to something. There's often a physical action or a commitment that follows belief. 
I was trying to think or imagine <laughs> what it must be like for some people to follow Jesus. When I strap myself into a roller coaster, <laughs> And when I first get in there, I'm looking forward to the fun. And half the fun of a roller coaster ride is that feeling that you're going to fly out of your seat at any moment, right? But you're trusting that when your cart turns upside down and flings all around, that those straps are going to keep you safe. And somehow, the fun of this experience is going to outweigh the terror of it. <laughs> Now that's a fun example of something fun to do if you go to Lagoon or Disneyland or wherever you go. But the truth is, is that belief in Jesus is work. It takes a step of faith to get into that roller coaster. It takes a step of faith to trust that he's got you and he's at work. Strapping into a roller coaster cart walking to the end of a high dive, preparing for a surgeon's knife, taking on an impossible task, stepping into a new role at work, being apart from our loved ones and the people we love, it takes faith, it takes belief that Jesus has you, that Jesus has us. Day after day, our belief and trust in Jesus is tested and it's hard. It takes determination, focus, and effort. Sometimes we don't have signs that everything is gonna be okay. I think back to the disciples. They, Jesus was doing all these incredible miracles, but then he was also saying this really scary stuff. He was saying stuff like, I've come down to lay my life I'm not, my kingdom isn't like your kingdom. And my goodness, Jesus, he talked with Samaritans for goodness sake. And he was causing all sorts of trouble with the religious leaders. This is not looking good, Jesus. What are you doing? You don't make sense to us. Jesus is telling them, you're gonna have hard times. You're gonna face rejection. There's gonna be persecution. There's gonna be trials of every kind. And on top of it all, I want you to eat my body and drink my blood. What? Jesus, how can this be? And then he says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive 70 times seven times. The first shall be last and the last are gonna be first. In Jesus's world, winning looks like losing. This is hard, Jesus. In human value and understanding, we want to contribute. We want to be productive. We want to do something for Jesus. And Jesus is saying, believe in me. Trust in me. I've got you. I'm with you on this journey. I'm it. It's a mystery. I, I still don't fully grasp it. We want to do things for Jesus. Remember the story of Mary and Martha. Remember Mary. Um, remember Martha is working, preparing the meal, getting everything ready for the disciples. And Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet and focusing on Jesus and listening to Jesus. 
And Jesus says, this is what, this is the better thing to do, Mary. The better thing to do is to sit and listen to me and hear from me and have relationship with me and receive from me. There's another time where this crowd is following Jesus. They're amazed at his teaching and his signs and his wonders. This is in Luke 11. And this woman in the crowd calls out and she said, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. I heard someone speak about this. I can't remember who it was and I was just kind of blown away. And they highlighted that the woman is complimenting and praising Jesus based on the work that she can identify with. In her culture at that time, a woman's work and value was to give birth and nurse children. It was to do something, to, to have children. But Jesus contrasts her statement with this. He says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So she's con it's contrasted not with what she does and what she can produce, but with her believing in Jesus, hearing him, obeying him, following him, committing to knowing Jesus. Blessed are you when you believe in me, hear me, and obey me. That's where your blessing comes from. The work God wants from you is to believe in Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The third point, feeding on Jesus. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Jesus promises life if we feed on him, if we make him our daily bread, if we count on Jesus for our daily nourishment, not the news, not entertainment, not Captain Crunch or Cheerios, <laughs> not perishable food, not doing good, not even the latest and best sermon or worship experience. It's feeding on Jesus. We have a built-in hunger that can only be satisfied in Jesus. And he's so generous, he's so good that we sing and sing about his goodness, that he offered his life, the living bread that comes from heaven. I mentioned before, this is hard to understand. I read John 6 over and over and over again, and I'm like, man, thousands of years later, <laughs> this is still hard to understand, Lord. How do we do this, Lord? How do I give people practical advice? And the truth is, is I, I, don't have a, I don't have a lot. This is a miracle. This is a supernatural thing that happens. This is a revelation. It's a spiritual truth. It's intangible. But here's what's cool and beautiful. When Jesus gave us communion, this is how we practice this here, but it's practiced all sorts of ways in many different traditions. But when he gave us a simple act of communion, 
we're saying, I want to receive the revelation of Christ in my body. When we do this, when we take this cup and drink this cup, we're saying, I want to eat you, Jesus. I want to drink you, Jesus. I want you to be inside of me. I love that Jesus gave us the most simple act to remember this truth. The most easily found items to remember this truth. When we take communion, we're absorbing and assimilating and eating and swallowing and chewing and saying we want to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I want this revelation to be the nourishment for my whole life. So maybe you're listening and you're saying, this is strange. (laughs) Just like the disciples all those years ago saying, this is hard, Jesus. This doesn't make sense. There's another man in the Bible who asked Jesus to heal his son. And he says, can you do this? And Jesus says, can I? Yes, I can. Do you believe? And the man says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. We can have these two things happening at once. We can have belief and unbelief wrestling with one another. And Jesus heals. He he frees that man from an evil, that man's son from an evil spirit. And this is what happens when we take communion together. We believe, but sometimes we say, I believe, but help me in my unbelief, Lord. Help me. I want to read a story, and after I tell this story, we'll finish with communion. Immediately after World War II, and I think I've heard this story before. I wonder if Corky told it. But after World War II, there were lots of orphans, and the Allied forces gathered up all the orphans and and put them together, and they started to provide care and food for these children. And they had plenty of food, and the children were cared for as best as possible, and they even had psychologists there caring for them after the war. And the kids were doing really well during the days, but at night they couldn't sleep and they were restless and they were afraid at night. And so finally one psychologist hit on a solution. After the children were put to bed, they each received a slice of bread to hold. And if they wanted more to eat, they could have more, but this slice of bread was just to hold through the night. That slice of bread produced marvelous results. The children would go to sleep and subconsciously holding onto the bread, they knew they had something to eat tomorrow. And that assurance gave them peaceful rest for the night and calm. Jesus, when he asked us to remember him with bread, and wine, I think he's giving us a sign of assurance. He's giving us something to hold on to. This is a sign for us. This is a sign 
that the bread from heaven has come down to earth and is with us. And then we can eat on Jesus. We can meditate on Jesus. We can worship Jesus. We can think about Jesus. We can call out to Jesus. We can cry with Jesus. We can wrestle with Jesus. We can handle Jesus. Oh, let me find this verse if I can find it. First John 1, I don't have it. I, for, I just remembered it. First John 1, 1, 4 says that this thing that we've heard, that we've seen with our eyes, that we've looked upon and that our hands have handled concerning the word of life, we declare it to you. That's what Jesus is. He's something you can hear. He's something you can see. He's something you can look upon and your hands can handle. So if you wanna just hold your communion emblems in your hand, I'm just gonna pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the bread of life. Thank you that it's not our work. It's not what we do, but it's you. You are the nourishment we need. You are the bread of life. Whosoever believes on you will not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you, God, that in you we have eternal life. Help us in our unbelief. We just declare that only you can satisfy our deepest hunger. And we join with the disciples of all the ages and we say, give us this bread always. Let's take the bread together. Let's take the cup together. Thank you, God. We drink of you today, Jesus. We eat of you. And I pray that our eyes would be open, that our ears would be open, and our hands would be able to handle you, Jesus. Thank you for being the bread of life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being with us. If you would like prayer, if you would like to talk more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can um, call the number on the screen if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. And then if you're here today with us, uh, Leslie and Woody or Leslie will be here to pray with you. And um, I just thank you 
for being here with us today. God bless you.